Hello and welcome to Hello's brand new podcast, In A Good Place. I'm your host, Rosie Nixon, and in every episode, I'll be chatting to an inspirational personality on my mission to discover how to lead the kind, happy and fulfilled life we all deserve. We live in a busy world and it's easy to feel overwhelmed or burnt out at times. So this is a podcast about real life, the one away from the spotlight. We're unapologetic about being vulnerable here at In A Good Place, and I'll be asking the same from our guests, all with the aim of inspiring others and helping you, our lovely listeners, to understand that you are not alone. At the beginning of each conversation, I'll ask my guests if they're in a good place. I love this question and can't wait to see how it is interpreted and where our conversation leads us. At the end of each chat, I guarantee you'll feel one step closer to creating the life you want to wake up to. I am absolutely delighted that Luxury Family Hotels are our partners for this series. If anyone knows about being in a good place, it's them. Luxury Family Hotels is a collection of five hotels, estates and manors in some of England's finest countryside and coastal locations. And having experienced some of their hotels for myself, I can personally vouch for them having put me and my family into a good place the moment we step through the doors and drop our bags. This week, I'm very excited because we're closing the first season of In A Good Place with our first man. Matt Willis is joining me on the podcast today. Matt is known as the former bassist in pop band Busted. He's a solo musician too, an actor, previous king of the jungle and a podcaster. He's currently starring in the hit West End play 222, A Ghost Story, alongside Laura Whitmore. And he's fronting a festival of kindness, which I love the sound of. It's a campaign to support the homeless at Christmas, more of which we'll talk about later. Matt has been very open about his struggles with addiction, with news of a powerful BBC documentary airing later next year, where he will discuss this aspect of his life in a bid to support others. Matt is, of course, the husband of TV presenter Emma Willis and father of their three children, Isabel, Ace and Trixie. Welcome, Matt. Are you in a good place? Uh, Do you know what? Yeah, I'm in a really good place. I'm in a really good place. I kind of... um... I've been shooting a documentary at the moment, which has been really kind of like full on. But then I've known that the December is quiet and it's just about doing the play I'm in at the moment. So um, mm. I've been kind of like really kind of manic for the last kind of like three months. And now it's kind of really chill. But you know, when things are chill, that suddenly I'm, I'm either really on or really off. And okay. when, I've got, when I've got not much in my diary, Nothing seems to get done. I'm much better at being really busy, bizarrely. That's and, and true. I used to, I used to, yeah. I used to get really funny about when people said they were really busy. Mm. I used to go, really? Are you really busy? My life seems to go in waves, you know, like waves of kind of like crazy and then it's kind of quite chill. But um, And I do think it's correct, that phrase, that if you want something done, ask a busy person. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, there's something about me that is... Um, like time management has never been the strongest, no. my strongest point, shall we say. Although we have got Christmas coming. That does yeah. tend to be quite a busy time, certainly in my household. Yeah. And um, I've just been to the kids' school play this morning. Oh, have you? Have I've got you, mine have tomorrow. You, have you? Oh, yeah. I had an angel Gabriel, which is oh, pretty you, special. Great. My little boy. Yeah, oh, did nice. very well at that. It always makes me cry listening to kids singing. Christmas I songs. <laughs> I know, and I, I remember when I went to my my eldest, and, and I never really noticed before how fidgety she was. Mm. Like I remember <laughs> kind of watching her as this angel, where she just couldn't stand or sit still, and it just hit me that that was me, and oh, that really? is still is that still is me, and I was just watching me 
as a five-year-old girl on stage kind of going, oh, my God, this is my daughter. She's so me. It was How so fascinating. Funny. Yeah. You do create your own children. It sounds really kind of do. obvious, but it is so true. Because I remember thinking that, actually, when I had I've got two boys and I remember sort of thinking oh gosh what if they're just become obsessed with football and I feel like I've, it's really hard for me to have something in common with them and somebody said but you get your own children Rosie and it's Absolutely. so true really. <laughs> you really really do so who are you going to see in the play tomorrow is that Trixie uh, I'm gonna see Trixie tomorrow yeah, yeah. so um uh, my son is actually um my son had a uh had his appendix out on Saturday. Oh, so, um, wow. Yeah, so he had appendicitis and we kind of, um, so we rushed him to hospital. So we've had a bit of a crazy week, but um, mm. which has kind of thrown everything up in the air a little bit. So he's um, he's at home, but he was supposed to be doing a, an assembly and a concert and stuff, but he's not doing that now. So so oh. that gets gets me out of going to the school one Bless him. Time. I saw but, yeah. a bit of that play out and I'm glad, yeah, that everything's all right because I did see on your Instagram, but I saw you practising gratitude which I thought was yeah. really lovely. You pr- you sort of gave some gratitude to the NHS, who we all love, who are amazing. We must support every way that we can. And also to your wife. Is that yeah. sort of something you do consciously and regularly? I've done a gratitude list every morning for about 10 years. I think maybe a little bit more than that. It was something when I got into, when I got sober, I kind of, um, mm-hmm. my sponsor made me send it to him. I resented him really for it. I was like, oh, God, I don't have to do this. And it's just something that stuck with me. And I do it every day. Whenever I don't, mm. uh, if I miss a day, I don't give myself too much of a hard time. But if I miss two or three days, I feel different. Like my days go different. You know, so it's, really? um, it's something which I just try to kind of, I can kind of wake up on the wrong side of the bed quite easily. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something that really kind of centers me very at the very beginning of the day, I just write, it takes two minutes, I write down three things I'm grateful for. And sometimes it can take 10 minutes, you know, I can really have to think about it. And sometimes mm. it's just easy and kind of comes out. And sometimes it can be at 11am, you know, or whenever I feel like I, if I haven't done it, I need to do it. You know, it's take, yeah. it really is so minimal time to put into it. But it really changes my headspace. It really kind of puts me in a kind of, um, in a much more kind of grateful kind of frame of mind. And I think... Yeah. Like I've kind of passed it on to so many people I know. Like whenever I'm in a show or a mm-hmm. play or anything I'm doing, my kind of like at the end of it, I give everyone a little notebook and a pen and I kind of write down what I do and kind of just kind of pass this thing on. And, I, and then they pass it on to people that they know. I've had people coming up to me and going that someone that they're in a show with passed a gratitude journal on to them and it's made a difference because I passed wow. it on to them. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool that this thing is just kind of evolving. And um you know, it's something people have done for years and years and years, and it's something which I which I do every day, and I think it makes a massive difference in my life. And it's been one thing that I kind of kind of kind of carry on. You know, I love that. That is such a great tip. I think I'm yeah. going to take that on as well. And you've passed it on here too. So, do you have yeah. one specific notepad that you always write your gratitude notes in? Yeah, I've got like. 20 of them lying around I've had for yeah. years and years and years but um I should probably get rid of some of them but um they must be quite nice do you ever reflect on them not really no back? no it's not about really looking forward yeah, yeah. So, well so it, to, to be honest it's just about keeping it in the day you know mm. it's about kind of like mm. honestly it's so quick and it's just like today I'm grateful for one two three well actually my my gratitude journal is is that um, I put that on Instagram at the moment. I've kind of started to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's been just because I think, you know, we're, we're kind of in a, mm. 
Mm. We're in such a strange time at the moment, I think, mm-hmm. in the world. And everything, whenever, everywhere you look feels so negative. And actually, yeah. the people that I meet every day and the kind of life that I lead, most people are great. You know, mm. most things in life are really cool. And I, I kind of, mm. I think we can easily forget that when we kind of trouble ourselves. If you watch the news, it's, everything feels so terrifying, you know. But, yeah. but if we keep it in our little world in the day, you know, we can we can focus on larger problems that give us a calling and we feel like we have to. But most of the time, just keeping gratitude just in what's in your life right now is quite a simple way to do it. it might... Yeah, I love that. Mm. I yeah, really so love it and you're right. Mm, you're so right as well about the troubles of the wider world can seem so big and overwhelming that sometimes yeah. we do have to find ways to be able to focus on that smaller world, the world that we can actually be really impactful in because we can't change all of these big problems individually. But there are little things that we can do. I really yeah. love that, Matt. I'm going to take that up. And what yeah, a great gift so- to pass on to people. It's really um, nice. It's really nice. And like, mm-hmm. there, there's there, there's a few apps that you can get. Like, there's the five minute journal, and there's all these kind of apps out there. That you can, if you're yeah. a kind of digital person, you can do it on your phone. Like, my mine normally starts with right. The, today, I'm grateful for mm-hmm. one, two, three, mm. and and what I'm going to do today to make today great. And then I write down something I'm going to do today, mm-hmm. and it's something that's completely achievable and something that is within my grasp that I can do to make today great. And that yeah. could be anything. That can be like eating good nutrition or training or mm-hmm. saying something kind to my kids or or whatever it is you know like something that I can just do and I can tick that off and it's and then at the before I go to bed I normally write down three great three things that happened today that were great yeah and that's it and normally you can find things that were great you know like mm-hmm. it could be like the coffee I had this morning, you know, whatever yes. it is, you know, coffee comes up a lot in my gratitude list. Yeah, I <laughs> reckon it would come up quite highly in mine as well. I've had, I've had a two cups so far this morning, which is really yeah. my limit because I do kind of feel it. Um, right. But God, I love it. Nothing beats that first sip of oh, coffee God, and yeah. I have to have it with oat milk and it has to be the specific Oatly Barista oat right. milk. Right, nice. And, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> and it does put me in a good place in the morning. Great. A simple pleasure. Yeah, man, too right. It's number one in your gratitude list then, Bosh. It is. How do you take yours? I am a, f- a flat white Cortado kind of guy, but I've got a coffee machine mm. in my house. So I kind of, like, um, <laughs> is it an espresso I, one? No, it's I've not. Got... It's a proper kind of like proper oh, barista proper... machine. Yeah, oh. yeah I've, gone, I've gone to <gasps> do town. Do you actually do the coffee bean grinding? Yeah, yeah, I've got a separate grinder. Oh, my grinder. gosh, you are I've a I, re- I reset it for every new batch and everything like that. I'm a real... Oh, wow. Check you out. <laughs> Can you make a swan in the frothy milk? No, no, I'm, ter- I'm terrible <laughs> at that. Like, nothing I do ever looks very good. But it tastes yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got something to aim for there, yeah. haven't I was you? Try- <laughs> I was trying to make, make a heart when I do Emma's, and they always oh. end up looking a little bit like a willy. Oh, uh, no. I love that. <laughs> she, she always oh, well. tells me. Yeah. Same thing. It's exactly. Fine. Exactly. It comes from the right place. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's the sentiment that matters the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that, though, your gratitude journal. I think that's something so simple that we could all sort of take on board. And It's I been know, great on me... Instagram. It's been quite fascinating because yeah, like, kind of, people brilliant. are replying to me. Well, it made me smile seeing you say that yesterday because there are many things that we take for granted. And I think Christmas can be quite a loaded time as well mm. for people. There's a, quite a lot of pressure, isn't there, associated with it, with present buying anxiety and who's going to be where on Christmas Day and 
socializing yeah. you know a lot of it is wonderful but it is a time that people struggle yeah i think you're absolutely right i think it's um it's always been like that for me i used to really kind of really dislike christmas it used to be a real stress for me mm. i don't know i didn't really look forward to it and then i met emma and her family are just mad about christmas oh really kind of a, she's a mrs uh, claus <laughs> she really is she loves it and i started to go into her house more at christmas and like I was kind of fell in love with it, you know, and I was mm. like, right, okay. But the but the present buying thing can be real, oh, a real can. problem for me. Especially with kids as well. It's oh, like, God, I, I yeah. always think I'm going to get really organised and get ahead and then suddenly, like, the week before Christmas, they completely change their mind. They yeah. say, oh, this is the thing I'm sort of desperate for and you yeah. just sort of want to keep everything balanced and, you know, that's really totally hard. crazy and for them to appreciate... Yeah, it's yeah. not about the gifts, you know. It's about how we can spread some kindness to others and, yeah. you know. And keeping that, that is... balance, you're so right. Mm-hmm. That's so hard. I've got three kids and, like, mm. if I'm honest, two of them are dumb, you know. Mm. But, but <laughs> one of them, I'm like, I don't know what to get you. And I could get you something yeah. which I know you want, but and it's really expensive. And I'm like, I don't really think you really want it. I think you just want it because your mate's got it, you know. Yes. Like, you know, and I'm like, do I really want to install that into you? That you, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You can really overthink these things. Mm. But then, you know, I think I'm going to stay strong with this one. But um, yeah, but it's um, it's a tough one. You know, it's, it's it's really tough, and also it's just so expensive, isn't it? Like when you think it about, is. I know, you know it is at on. the moment, and they really need to appreciate the value of the things that they've got as well. Um, what about traditions in the Willis household at Christmas? Are there any sort of special things that you always do each year? Well, there's always Christmas Eve pyjamas, which is a new one. Oh, which nice. is now what, matching family yeah, set. Absolutely. Oh, nice. ma- I mean, I yeah. can't quite believe I'm that person. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like like you've got them me. sorted. We're year. looking at them right now. We're looking at them. We're Are looking you? at them last night. We're oh. trying to decide. But then everyone's got an opinion, you know, and it's yes. like, oh, my God, this is such a big deal now. Like, it used to be a funny little thing that we did, but now it's like a really like, well, no, because you're going to be in them till like at least dinner on Christmas Day. I'm like, are you? Really? Yeah, I'd, I'd change out my You have to wear them for the entire day. Well, you have to wear them until like, until like lunchtime or something. I'm like, what? Oh, I don't gosh, remember okay. this rule. No. You know, but like, um, you know so it's, it's quite fun. But um, one of my favourite things is like, um, is the kids get a gift on the end of their bed, mm. like, and it's like picking the right gift for the end of the bed. Oh, okay. Which pressure I think there. is quite it's pressure there because like part of you wants to make it like something small so they get like the good gift downstairs, but part of you wants to keep them in that room. Yeah, busy, for as long as so possible. They can, you can, they can not <laughs> be in your true. room at five a.m. So you're like, oh. oh, this is quite a tough little decision. So I had a 4.30 a.m. wake up last year. It was not fun. I was so tired for the whole day (laughs) and it was hideous. So this year I'm thinking I don't know what to do. It's like sometimes keeping them up late on Christmas Eve doesn't actually work in your favour either because they're not more tired so they don't really sleep in. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And then they're they're a bit too manic and hyper in the morning. Wired. Yeah, and they're miserable, full of sugar during the day, which is you know. You know. I know it's just chaos, isn't it? Do you have a yeah. big house full at Christmas? Do people yeah, we do. come we've, and stay and we've, things? We've we've got Emma's whole family come, you know. So it's wow. um, it's we, we we kind of um we, we kind of we used to do it like at Emma's parents, and then we kind of started doing it at ours, and then yeah. we kind of flip flop between the two because Emma's parents are from Birmingham, 
So then we mm-hmm. kind of do that some some weeks, some years at Birmingham, some years at ours. And then, you know, we did one year at Emma's Sisters. And then we've done a hotel a couple of times, which has been quite Oh, really? Quite wow. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we don't have to wash up and you don't have to do anything. sprouts. Nothing. It's so nice. <laughs> but, um, but it kind of, kind of feels a bit weird as well. You know, yeah, that's true. There is something nice yeah. about being in the matching PJs. Yeah, yeah exactly. And... <laughs> oh, we, we were still them. We were still those people. Oh, okay. In the yeah, hotel. Yeah. In the hotel, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see that image on Instagram. I'm sure it will be there, the matching PJs, and we'll all know what you went for. And... Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm getting yeah. overruled on my choice at the moment, so I think... Oh, are you? Yeah, oh, maybe you should it. go for a onesie. Oh, well, I did, I did bring that up, oh, did you? but no one was into it. Yeah, yeah. Too controversial. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to 2005, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you are also paying forward the kindness at Christmas this year. And it's a subject close to your heart because you have been spending some time um, on this social bite campaign to support the homeless at Christmas with a kindness yeah. market. Tell me more yeah. about that. It's 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 amazing. I mean, I've kind of I've kind of known of Josh Littlejohn for a couple of years. Like we mm. did um we did something called the Big Sleep Out with him, which was kind of like yes. when everyone slept down to first Square, which was amazing. Yeah, and like they did it in like loads of cities across the across the globe, and it was just an amazing event to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And he's he's just a really incredible man. Like what he's done with Social Bite. Like, I don't know if you know much about Social Bite, but they're basically a group of cafes that started in, in Edinburgh, and basically they employed homeless people. And they kind of gave them a job. And there was um, there's a pay it forward part of the cafe where you can buy your and it's really good stuff in it, like really good coffee, really good sandwiches and cakes and things. And you can put a meal up on the wall. So you can mm-hmm. buy an extra coffee, an extra sandwich at Bridges Price and put it up on the wall for a homeless person to come in and get that. You know, wow, so they can even they idea. can even, they can even sit in the cafe and feel like um, a member of society, which they mm. so, it's so rarely get to feel your like. Dignity. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really good. And then and obviously the employment aspect of it is huge, you know, and they've actually built um, they built a small town just outside Edinburgh now where they have a, a like a small town of mobile homes and they give homeless people somewhere to live. And so they've got right. a dress, they get a job, they get a bank account, they can move on into life and kind of get that kind of... They're, they're, it's just a, it's a really amazing organisation. Mm. And, and this year with their Festival of Kindness, I really kind of... Um, they're really taking it to the next level. So they've got these trees up everywhere. They've got some, like three in Scotland, I think, and one in London, just mm-hmm. outside Charing Cross Station. And they're trying to kind of get 300,000 gifts together. Right. Brilliant. Um, to pass on to people. So me and Emma went down there and we just had, like, Emma had like five puffer jackets that she need, you know, so yeah. we just put them together. And I think people have got some really good stuff in their house or that mm-hmm. they can just grab cheaply and they can re-gift to these people that really need them, you know, and and, and they're passing them on to everybody through various mm-hmm. different charities and get them out to the people who need them. So it's um, mm-hmm. it's a really amazing thing to be a part of and I, I think they're doing really incredible things. Like, just Lord John is an amazing man. Yeah, it sounds like mm-hmm. it. That is brilliant. And you can um, donate this Christmas of Kindness online and it costs yeah. £28. Yeah. which is the sort of the minimum sort of ask that they're asking people to donate. And for that, yeah, as you say, you can provide a meal, a gift, a pack of essential items and emergency accommodation for a homeless person yeah, this Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. I, th- I think if you if you go into one of their cafes, they've got one in Charing Cross and they've got one um, throughout mm. Scotland, you can just you can also just donate £5 to give someone a meal as well. You know, so there's, yeah, there's, um, okay, there's different ways to donate. Ways. But the, yeah. the £28 package is so great because it gives mm-hmm. it gives such a big 
boost to mm. somebody who needs it. And that £28 goes directly to that person in need. Like, there's no kind of like other costs or anything. You're really kind of, mm. you, you really know exactly where your money's going. What a great idea. If you're struggling yeah. to get a gift for somebody or you've got, you know, a secret Santa gift to get or something for a relative and you don't know what, what a great thing to gift. I mean, I I'd think be so a, over the moon if somebody gave me that for Christmas that I knew I was providing that for another that for is a homeless so, person. That's just such a good point. I didn't even think yeah. about that. And I've got a secret Santa at work, so I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna do that this do year. That. It's gonna be my secret Santa gift. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great gift, and and you really know that you're really really helping someone out by it. Mm-hmm. And you mm. can get involved by visiting the website address that I've got here. Just if you're interested in doing this, I think I'm definitely going to do this. It's www.social-bite.co.uk. Um, so that, what a great campaign to be involved with. And you know what? I was reading the other day about um, thinking on the subject of kindness about Robin Williams, you know, the late actor. Yeah. Did you know that for each film he appeared in, he requested that at least 10 homeless people be hired for that film? So they no. weren't sort of, yeah. During oh his entire God. career, this was over 1,500 people. Oh my what a God, great thing is that? Yeah. I mean, be the kind person. Let that, let kindness be your legacy. I think that is so cool. That is so awesome. It? So all the top thing. directors he worked with, that was effectively his rider, was you have to wow. employ at least 10, 10 homeless people in the production of this movie. Oh my God, amazing. What an mm. incredible guy. Because kindness, I mean, we, we've thought about this subject so much at Hello and it's really close to our hearts and I'm really proud and protective of our kind philosophy and the fact we champion kindness and see it as a superpower because you never know, do you, what somebody else is going through. No, you really don't, you know, and even people that may necessarily, may, you may not think, you know, mm. can be going through something at any moment that can mm-hmm. just, you know, like a, like a little text check-in or a little phone check-in is something which I do regularly to people, you know, I think yeah. it's, um, and I've had people do it to me at times when I yes. really needed it. You and know, it's so meant it's, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes mm. it can be the kindness of a stranger, you know, when you're having a bad day or you've heard some awful news or something happens and someone mm. is just really nice to you in a shop yeah. or in the street or something. It can literally change your day. Yeah. And it is a choice, kindness. In any given situation, we can choose what our response is going to be. So why not to make that decision to always be the kind person? Yeah, you know, I think I think I think every emotion is valid at times. You know, like so mm-hmm. there's some points where I kind of I was so terrified of anger. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really had real problems with it, and um, and so I just never allowed it to happen until mm. like I realised that that is also valid. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's completely valid to feel those things. You know, like yes. suppressing these emotions aren't aren't very good for you either. But you know, yeah, that is think, true. But your reaction, that moment you can have between your your thought. And how you react and how you act mm. on that is so big, you know, it's that, that, that you can really, if you can learn to take a breath in between those, which I'm, I struggle mm. with sometimes, but I'm really learning to get better at it, to kind of go, right, yeah, feel you're that, right. what is that, and then react accordingly. You know? Yeah, that sort of space in between trigger and then yeah. your response. Yeah. But in that, talking about letting in all of those emotions, that's also sort of a way of practising kindness towards yourself isn't it? And self-compassion and being okay with the fact that we're not all perfect and sometimes we get things wrong and we feel angry or all kinds of emotion, but that's okay. We can still have empathy for ourselves. 
Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I think that's mm. um, that's a that's a good point. Like that self kindness is always has mm. always been hard for me at times. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you think like do you talk about sort of self kindness and self compassion and you know obviously we've talked about your gratitude journaling and I've heard you talk about meditation before as well. Do you talk about these things with your male friends? Has the idea of self compassion do you think become sort of universally accepted now? I have very limited friends. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which is kind yeah. of hard to say out loud, isn't it? But like, but really, I have a very small selection of people in my life, you know, which mm-hmm. I've learned to kind of like, I have lots of people who I care about, you know, mm-hmm. but I have, um, I have a very small selection of people I would say are my friends. And I think that's, I think they know me and they'll get bored to tears of me talking to them about these things mm-hmm. that I'm into. So I'm very open and honest with those people. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like you said, meditation has been a thing that I think people are so kind of like blasé about or kind of like, or just roll their eyes a little bit at, you know. And I was one of those people. Like, I mean, mm. I mean, I first heard about it in rehab like 12, 13 years ago or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, bore off. You know, like, actually it was about 17 years ago when I first was set to meditate. And I didn't do it for 10 years, you know, like I really didn't. Mm. And then... Um, but then since having like a regular practice of that, it's been, and it is a practice, you know, like it's not, I don't win. Like I'm not a successful meditator. Like I don't, mm. I don't sit there and I'm Zen for 20 minutes. Like I have moments of, you know, moments of meditation within a meditation practice, you know, and it's, right. um, but sitting down to do that is what meditation is about really. It's about kind of trying to kind of get that re going back to your breath, re coming back mm. to your breath, coming back to it, coming back to it, starting again, starting again, you know, and that practice mm-hmm. of being able to notice your thoughts and coming mm, back to your breath. program kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what it's about. You know, it's taught me a lot because that has kind of allowed me to have that space between trigger and reaction, you mm. know, which is, um, which we were talking about earlier on. Like, um, I'm triggered by so many things and I think having a, a meditation practice in my life has allowed me to go, oh, that's something, what is yes. that? breathe yeah. have a little think about that and then react accordingly you know do you meditate on a daily basis or is it something you go to as and when you need it i do it most days probably sometimes three times a day like it can be as much as three times a day like i do it i do it before every performance i do it oh, when i wow. wake up most days i have some kind of meditation practice it can be five minutes it can be 20 you know it can be it can be anything really whenever i really need it you know and sometimes even when i walk on stage i have like eight breaths to myself that just have a little bit of a moment of kind of recentering, you know, mm-hmm. because I can be overwhelmed and kind of those. And for me, I think it's all about kind of this inner voice of mm. self-hatred, mm. which I battle with, Gosh. you know. And, um, well, and yeah, this kind how of you judgment. talk to yourself is everything, isn't it? It completely yeah. is. And I've do just, you have I've an just... alter ego, do you think? Do you have a name for your inner voice? I know some people that do. <laughs> No, not really. Not really. No, no. Okay. I, don't. I just, I just know that it's not real. You yes. know, now. And like, yeah. um, and I know that it's, it's. You know, I read this amazing book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, and he calls it mm-hmm. resistance. And it's kind of like when, um, for people like in any, any kind of creative endeavor, it's, it's called the resistance, and it's like, and it's what stops you from doing the work. And it can creep into so many different things for me. It can creep into kind of this mm. self-sabotaging kind of voice and this. Kind of like I can have a I can have something that's the most important thing to me in the world, and I will mm. leave it till the very last minute to do it because I'm scared, you know. Yes. And like then and then and then I'll sit down and rush it, you know. When I could have just sat down and done the work, you know. And there's something yeah. within me resists that, and I think it's that fear of failure, that kind of that that fear of 
being vulnerable and actually exposing yourself and being open for judgment, which is part of every kind of creative endeavor, I think, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, and I've really battled with that for so long, but now I try to just sit down and do something, you know, and it doesn't yeah. have to be great. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be great. Most of the time it's not, mm-hmm. but sometimes it is, you know, and it's worth it, you know, so it's, um, for me, learning that and kind of learning what that is and learning that it's not real. Mm. You know, there's just something that is in me that tries to stop me from doing what, I want to do. Which yeah, is, um, tries to sabotage things. Yeah. But you sound so in touch with yourself now. I mean, which is incredible. And I know it hasn't always been that way. Um, yeah. But it's great to see you've got to such a good place. And you're actually making a documentary, aren't you, for the BBC? Yeah. Matt Willis' Addiction and Me. Have, and yeah. you've started filming it, have you? We've- pretty much finished i think we're kind of we're in the edit right now we're kind of we've got a few more days to kind of um we've got a few things that we still we're still left to do but we've 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 got like i'd say 95 percent of it done now and it's been um it's been amazing you know it's it's something i've wanted to do for years i kind of Mm -hmm. i think there's so many there's so much kind of stigma attached with addiction and it really Mm -hmm. kind of feeds into shame and Mm. and 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 shame is is an addict's worst enemy you know and it kind Mm -hmm. of um I say the word addict, I know a lot of people don't like that word, but I, I've become quite okay with that word. You know, it took me a long time to come to terms with that, but I think that's, in my life, that's a word that sums me up. You know, mm. when, I, when I think about all those things, I, I have learned that I am so much more than that, but I am definitely, I have an addiction in my life in every way, shape mm. or form, and it kind of intertwines itself into everything. You know, like... Right, you know, even good mo- things. Even, even good things, you know, like it yeah. can be... But it doesn't have to be all bad, you know, like um, it's, you know, it's in some ways I think I take the good with the bad these days because when I am acting addictively with something, mm-hmm. sometimes I think to myself, well, that's probably what made me good at it, you know, or, yes. or allowed me to progress in certain things or, you know, because like mm. when I think back to my first days at drama school when I was like a kid, like a um, when I was first going to drama school, there was there was people that were much better at me than everything, but I was willing to outwork them. You know, like mm. I would just I would stay longer, I'd do more, I'd try. I was addicted Rather. to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, and 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 I, and I wasn't. I never thought of myself as as specifically talented. You know, like I never thought I never thought I had any talent. I just thought I was I was willing to do everything I possibly could to mm-hmm. get there. And I think that feeds into it a little bit. Like I've, I've kind of examined mm-hmm. that a little bit. I'm like, well, that's something which I think maybe comes into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's um, it's not all bad. You know, like with exercise, I have to be a bit careful with that. Like I'm, sometimes mm-hmm. like, it can become really, really important to me. And and that's okay because it's part of my, what, what do we say, self-care or something. But then at yeah. times that can become something else for me. Yeah. And I can use um- that as kind of like a punishment and a kind of... Um, Mm. And, uh, in, a, in a very different way. So I have to be a little bit careful about everything, yeah. you know. And do you know, like, are you aware of your warning signs now, though, when something is tipping into perhaps the, a more on the unhealthy side of addiction? I think Even Emma's very good is, at pointing them out to is me. Is she? Okay. Yeah. She knows your She's, warning signs. She, right. she, she can read them a week off. <laughs> really? You know, I, I'm, I'm very late to the party with a lot of them. But then um, yes. she, she is very, very, like, Matt. Do we need to talk about it? You know, like, okay. oh God. And you can know, help so, um, you get back on track. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. You know, so she's very good at that. But but I am better at knowing that. Like, I act addictively with things. And it's when I know that I'm doing it that I mm. have to go, oh, okay. 
I know mm. what I'm doing. I know what I'm using that for. I'm using that to change the way I feel in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form. And that's when mm. I have to go, right, what am I actually feeling? You know, mm-hmm. what am I trying to change, you know, rather than trying to change it or trying to, like, do something just to dull pain in some way. You yes. know, I'm like, right, what is that pain? Where is it coming from? Let's mm-hmm. let's examine that, you know, and kind of I think that's um that's an ongoing struggle for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's kind of why I wanted to do the the addiction documentary really. But you know, because I think most people know someone or are someone who has problems with addiction. There's so many it's a real spectrum of it as well. Like it's not like you are you've drunk too much once in your life, so therefore you're an alcoholic. It's so varied. And I wanted to kind of find out a little bit more about this and talk to some people and kind mm. of and go and explore these things. And I think we've kind of touched quite a lot of it on this documentary, but if anything, I've got more questions than answers. You oh, know, in really? some ways, wow. you know, but which mm-hmm. is some, always the best place to be in a way because mm. I found out so much, which has made me think so much more about things, you know, and it's... um. I feel like right now we're in such a culture of addiction. We kind of, everywhere we look, we're kind of, everything's set up to addict us. Well, social media, I mean, it's like it thrives on addiction, doesn't it? And that kind of buzz and, you know, that that chemically happens, what goes on within your body, you know. We're constantly getting pings and hits and, you know, and and we're sort of loving that, you know, but it's obviously creating quite an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, and I think we've all kind of come off social media and felt gross about ourselves, you know, like Mm. after a while, you know, like we can kind of go on there you know, and, and, and initially we're getting, you know, and it's, it's, but that's about chemicals in your brain. That's about that. People know that when they design these things about dopamine and kind of, yeah. and these kind of balances within your brain, like this yeah. is a, a woman called Dr. Anna Lemke who wrote an incredible book called Dopamine Nation. Mm-hmm. And it's about these kind of things, about like this kind of level of pain and pleasure in your body. And yeah. dopamine is that, dopamine is a reward, is, is basically that it's the molecule of more, like it's what makes, but that's not bad because it's, it makes you strive for more. It makes you, it's what yeah. made us get out of bed, strive for something good. But unfortunately now we're fed that in so many ways that we can, we can't really right. get a grip of it in a way. It's kind of, um, it's become a very different beast. Yeah. And how can we use it in an effective way? Like I know for me, like when I go out and I go on a, on a run near my home, I if I put on loud sort of dance music, I get that dopamine hit that it's literally I'm on a high. You know, if a tune comes on that is great and I can run and sort of do it in that way and it's so much more healthy to go out and do that than be looking at Instagram scrolling and sort of, you know, getting getting it that way, as, as so many people do. Yeah, com- com- completely. You know, and I suppose there's, there's healthier ways to get, you know, but it's, it's it's a very it's a treacherous pathway dopamine you know because it's like yeah. it's it's so rewarding but like when yeah, when there's so then, addictive yeah but like with everything in life which is so boring to hear right but when mm. you do something that you when you get something that you haven't worked for mm-hmm. it never feels right mm-hmm. you know yes. and i think that's the thing with dopamine if you get it for something you haven't worked for mm. it never fills you with that feeling of that good feeling you know, so That's with social so media, like true. you're getting something for nothing and then eventually it just leaves you feeling a bit empty. You know, yeah. there's a reason for that, I think. That's it. And often it is hard. You have to work through difficult emotions and perhaps mm. get yourself out of a tough place to come through the other side. Yeah, you completely. Know? But then, but then how do people it. do that? How do people, you know, what, what strikes me is that, you know, I've been very lucky to have therapy in my life, which has mm-hmm. made a massive difference to mm-hmm. me. But like, 
I was just kind of like talking to people during this this addiction documentary and kind of finding out the state of the world of the country right now, what's going on. Mm. But how do people find this help? I know. You know, so many people are in desperate need of help. Oh, it's, just, it's difficult. I mean, I think yeah. actually podcasting, you know, just you and I having this conversation is so valuable and hopefully You're somebody might so be listening right, to it. Yeah, You're so right. and, think, You're so right. and there are lots of other podcasts out there. I've been listening yeah. to the Mel Robbins podcast recently. Right. I think she's really amazing and her yeah. simple kind of motivational tips. I always sort of come away feeling like, oh, right, you know, I, yeah. I actually we all have choices in life. But we have to make wise choices. Yeah. yeah How do yeah. you make a wise choice? And that's what I think is so brilliant about podcasts is that out there, there are these things that are free that you can listen to mm-hmm. and they can inform you on something which you didn't. Like I listened to this one called The, the Huberman Lab by Dr. Andrew Huberman. And he talks about such a very, varied variety of stuff. But like yeah. I've learned more from that podcast than I have yeah. from any schooling that I've had in my life. Yes. You know? Like it's so interesting, you know. This stuff needs to be taught in school, mm, doesn't it? Yeah. And, well, I think, again, that, that comes down to, as well, our responsibility as parents yeah. in modelling this healthy behaviour and being able yeah. to have these kind of conversations yeah. with our children so that they yeah. can grow up as kind of empathetic human beings because yeah. they are you, sponges. But, but, you know? that, you're, you're so right, Rosie. That, that so, that, I think that's so important to be teaching this to kids. But then mm. if you go to most parents, they just want them to learn. Like yes. what they need, what they need to learn at school to get grades, to get a job, to kind of like. Mm. But then you know, without this making them secure in the world that they're about to yes. enter, you know, mm-hmm. they can get a good job. But is that going to make them, you know, happy or more stressed no, and vulnerable? Exactly, you know, so or finding their own thing. You know, encouraging yeah. individuality. Yeah, is is so critical, isn't it? And I mean, yeah. we are so aware of mental health now in a way that it seems mad that when I was at school and you were at school, probably like we that mental health wasn't even a phrase that was ever used. You know, absolutely, you were, you were sick yeah. if there was a physical ailment. You know, yeah. whereas now we're so much more aware that emotions live in your body; they affect your nervous system. You have to promote positive and healthy mental health in order to have a fulfilled life and to function as a human being and that's so important to instill in our kids as well completely you know if you you have something wrong with you you'll go to the doctor because you've got you know a cough or a cold or something but your 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 mind looks after everything yeah you know so without looking after that you're kind of um i think that's the first thing that you should Mm. be teaching Mm -hmm. to look after you know did becoming a parent sort of change your life in a huge way? I mean, obviously it does, but I mean, how did it change your life in terms of mental health? But you hear about this, like, oh, you don't know until it happens, and you really don't. It changed me in so many ways I can't really express. Like, I mean, it got me sober for one. Mm. I was struggling so much with, with drink and drugs, like, for so many years. And, like, um, I mean, Emma is unbelievable person. She really is incredible. And I couldn't stay sober or clean for her. And I think when I had Isabel, I kind of realised I was going to be a terrible father. And it completely, that realisation hit me like a tonne of bricks. And that was what Mm. changed me. And then everything was about me being a better person for her. Mm -hmm. To be honest, that's why I do most things. You know, some things are for me. I'd say 90% of the things I do are so that I can be a better father, a better husband, a better, you know, 
all these kind of things. So even when, even when they seem like a selfish thing, like even working out, like even training, like I do that because if I do that, I'm a better human. You know, I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, I'm a better yeah. actor, I'm a better everything. You know, so it's, it's, um, it's so important, you know, mm. I think for that. It is. It's this huge responsibility, overwhelming yeah. at yeah. times. Absolutely um, overwhelming. You know. What's the most challenging part of parenting for you, would you say? I think seeing myself in my children. I think you can never really see your flaws as clearly as you can until you see your kids. You know, like when I say flaws, that's a harsh word to say, but that they are a representation of you in a way. You know, not always, you know, but like some most things is because your job is to is to raise these little humans and make them capable to live in this world, you know. And I mm-hmm. think and when I see something that I'm like, oh, that's me, you know. And also for, for me, for me, I think I make mistakes all the time and, um, mm. and that kills me, you know, like, and I know I have, but I'm very, very good at owning up to them. And I think mm. that's something which I think is overlooked is that the thing is, just because you're the parent doesn't mean you're not wrong. Yeah, you know? totally. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, guys, I was so wrong about that. I'm so sorry. I reacted yes. really badly then and I'm really sorry. And I think they, they can understand that, you know, I think they can, they can understand everyone's a human and everyone reacts badly you know so you're um, so right it's so critical isn't it yeah I think as well not not pretending that you have all the answers all the time like it's all right to say do you know what I don't know that's a really good question how can we find out let's try and find out together yes yeah 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 that's so I think that's so you know because I think especially when it comes to maths homework oh my (laughs) good lord you know that was that you know (laughs) lockdown for me will always be homeschool in my head yes that will be what was the override well the thing is at the very beginning it was like oh wow great this is new it's exciting then yeah. um, everything within six months became very different. Imploded. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, but it was, um, I mean, literally having my lack of education thrusted oh. upon me. <laughs> I know, it's shameful. <laughs> I know, Even I was like, oh. Key stage two maths. <laughs> I cannot do my nine-year-old's maths homework. I know. You know. I have no idea what that is, you know. Like, I know. Like, and like English, like I, I write all the time and like, um, like I'm constantly writing and I was like, I don't know what this comprehension homework means. You know, I have no idea. You know, Let's work what's, it out a, together, what's a subordinate clause? Never heard of it before. Um, you know, yeah, sorry, like, uh, I go to the school of life. Um, exactly, exactly. You know, I know so it's true. It is terrifying. But yeah. how how are you and Emma with sharing the parenting load? Like, who would you say they go to for what? Oh, I think. <laughs> Um, I think we're very good at sharing the load. Like we really do really try to kind of keep it as equal as possible. But I think there is um, certain things which both of us are better at, you know. And I think uh, we always used to say it's mummy for love, daddy for fun. You okay. Know? And, I, and I think that's kind of changing as, as kids get to different ages. Like my son yeah. is really kind of really compelled towards me at the moment, which is, um, which is beautiful. You know, I think he's yes. kind of... Um, He's he's changing like he's eleven, and I think like yeah. big things are happening to him right now, you know. So yeah. and my eldest Isabel is it's so funny. Like you, I always thought she was like this quirky original girl, like completely yeah. in her own lane. And I'm just seeing her morph into all of her friends at the moment. Oh I'm really? Because like, wow. it's all about <laughs> wanting to conform. Exactly. You know, at that you know, age, the, isn't it? At thirteen, Teen. but she's she's still fun and quirky and silly, you know, like a laugh, but like. Like the things she wants for Christmas this year mm-hmm. are, are not her, 
you know, mm. they're, they're because they're friends. I mean, oh, I'm like, wow, right. oh, no, no, be yeah, you. Yeah, it's okay to be you, be original. Exactly, but then I'm like, well, maybe this is you. You know, who am I to judge? You know, maybe That's you do true. want it bad because you really want it, you know. But, you know, the things you think you would never have to deal with and suddenly you're dealing with it, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I know, yeah. it's true. And yeah. I loved how the two of you spoke up um, about Ace and him sort of not dressing as a gender stereotype. When I have exactly the same with my Rex, my youngest as well. And yeah. it's so inspirational, I think, hearing people in the public eye making a stand on that because it's all about acceptance and celebrating in an individual. And people, you know, kids can dress exactly as they like at whatever I, I age. It, I think when it comes to clothing, it, it, it becomes, it, it falls into a, conversation about gender and it's that's mm -hmm. not the conversation that we're having it's about individuality no. yes. it's about expressing yourself however you choose to express yourself totally. and, and why should we be tight like I mean when Emma's parents first met me mm -hmm. I was wearing trousers down below my bum with a studded belt um, a leopard print t-shirt and <laughs> pink bright pink hair eyeliner and painted nails like I was Love not it. your I was not your stereotypical <laughs> boyfriend meeting parents material, you know. But mm. they didn't judge me. They probably did. Mm. But they, 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 you know, there wasn't there wasn't <laughs> they, such. You they know, saw beyond. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I, and I've always been very okay with that kind of thing, mm. and I've always been kind of encouraging. But I think that's mm -hmm. from coming from like a like growing up with punk rock that was always kind of it was always about that. You know, mm -hmm. punk rock was very much like even in the early days when you think about the Sex Pistols and Vivian Westwood, yeah, and David Bowie, yeah, yeah, and all those kind of it's very much about challenging these things and kind of like yes. being and being individual in a way, you know, like and I think that's that can be so easily lost or misused, yeah. you know, when when really he's just an awesome kid who likes to do what he wants to do. It yeah. never bothered me, and then. I think Emma just posted a picture once and it went everywhere. And people have really annoying opinions about it. And I was just like, I, to be honest, I was, I, I, was, I was really angry about the opinions that came out. Well, I'm not really, surprised. I had, to, I had to really kind of sit down and think about it, you know, before. Yeah. So I, I chose not to respond to anything because I, I was just like, my responses weren't going to be helpful to anybody because I was so cross that people could have an opinion on someone they didn't know, they mm -hmm. had no reason to have an opinion on. And also we're not... It wasn't a stance on anything. It wasn't no. like we were going, we were going, you know, and it wasn't us. It was it was it was him and he was allowed to be yeah. whoever we wanted to be. So I think, you know, that at the end of the day, we just love our kids and we want them to be whoever they want to be, you know. And I think totally. that's, that's, I think most parents would as well. And we've got to promote a society where people can feel safe expressing themselves in any abs form of identity that they choose. Absolutely. I think I think, you know, as And long being as the not, person you were born to be, you know, whatever whatever that might involve. Whatever um, that is, exactly. Yeah. You're completely right. You know, yeah, as long no, as you're I not hurting cool. people, you can do anything you want. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk quickly about um, 2.22. Is that right? 2.22. Uh, 2.22, a ghost story. A yeah. ghost story. Yeah. So you've been in it for a few months now. How much left? Have you? How much longer in the role? We have just over four weeks, I think. Or maybe wow. four weeks. We finish on January the 8th. Yeah. yeah. And has it yeah. been? It's an intense experience. I mean, I'm totally in awe of actors in theatres. I mean, it's it's full on. I've done quite a lot of theatre in my life. And mm. um, so I've been in... I've been in so many different shows and kind of so many different theatre productions, but this is by far my favourite ever. Yeah. It's a really well-crafted, 
brilliantly written play. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is, right? Is that I feel like I can take anyone to it and mm-hmm. they're going to love it. Yeah. Which I've been in stuff where I'm like, oh, I don't think this is for my mate. I don't think this mm-hmm. is for this person. You know, mm-hmm. like, or I've kind of been, oh, I don't know what they're going to think of this. Mm-hmm. I literally, I know that mm-hmm. whoever comes to watch this is going to get something from it because it's, it's a bit scary. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's got a real point to it. It's got so many different, like, undercurrents running through the play, but not in, like, a pretentious way. It's just really kind of well thought out and clever, and you can take from it what you want. And yeah. I think it's um and 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 basically it's just four people in a room talking. Yes, and that's which, what's which so, is yeah intense about it. It's so challenging, but but it's yeah. um but we I find new things every night. Wow! Like, I, I, I I not once do I ever not want to do the show. Oh, I cannot I cannot wait to go on stage. I can't wait to find something to kind of like, mm. to explore and kind of, um, and I work with fantastic actors. Like mm, Tamsin Carroll, who plays my girlfriend in the show, she's mm-hmm. amazing. Felix Scott is is by far the most incredible actor I've ever worked with in my life. Like wow. he is just, he is an incredible talent, an incredible actor and the most generous actor I've ever met. And yeah. Laura Whitmore is phenomenal. Yeah. She is so... She's it, such it an incredible It is a brilliant actress. cast, and you've had amazing yeah. reviews as well. So congratulations! Yeah. Thank you so which much. It's really Thanks. good. It. Is that something you would like to do more of? Theatre acting. Some, I think I kind of. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm a jobbing actor. I take what mm. I get. You know, mm-hmm. like so. Um, and there's a lot of things I go for, and um, I, I I just go for them, and I see what happens. You know, but there's certain shows which I which I love, and I would love to be in certain plays. I really want to do. Mm. There's two plays on my list which I'd like to tick off at some point in my life. But oh, really? And, um, what are they? There's, a couple, there's two different Shakespeare ones, really. But, um, okay. but I'd, I'd love to do some Shakespeare. I've kind of never done a professional Shakespeare production. I've done lots of stuff in school, but I've never done. Yeah never worked professionally in Shakespeare so I'd, I'd love to explore that and mm. be in like a, a season of something and kind of really get to grips with it a bit more but yeah. um, I'd love to do more film I'd love to do more TV I lo- yeah. love to do I love to act I love it I, I, I just want to get better and better oh good well you mm. are you are already doing brilliantly uh, Matt Thanks. and it's so great talking to you and hearing you in such a good place at the moment thank you and finally I've got three quick takeaways for you Um, sort of top of the head answers to these so what's the best piece of advice you've been given this too shall pass oh yes whatever it is whatever you're going through (laughs) if you wait long enough it will end Mm. you know very true including life Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes, know, like, that um, is true. <laughs> you know, that goes into another piece of advice I have. I got given that you're going to die one day. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. but I think this this too shall pass. Is, uh, I've, I've come back mm-hmm. to that saying so many times and I've told it to other people because mm-hmm. sometimes we can feel like we're in the darkest, most horrible place. But give it a week, you know, and you'll feel differently. I promise you, you will. So even if you're going through something really horrible and harsh and you feel like the world is ending, it will pass. Mm. Tomorrow's a new day. But also, if you're going through the most amazing thing in life and life is incredible and rocking, mm. it will pass. Mm. <laughs> but try and hold on to those moments. <laughs> yeah, but that's just yeah. life. It swings around about. You know, it is. Like, I know. It's learning to... I- it's exactly. learning to, to live in the mess. That's how I'm feeling with the kids at the moment as well. It's like suddenly yeah. they just suddenly seem to be growing up really fast and mm. you're like, oh, I want it to slow down. Um, so what one thing is guaranteed to put you in a good place? Do you know what? My cold bath. I've got a cold Ooh. bath. Um, oh, it's, it's, right. a cold, it's a cold plunge outside and yeah. I, I hate it. 
like hate's a strong word. I really fear it. I don't like it. Yeah. I never, I never want to get in ever. Right. But, but when I'm in, I then battle to stay in. And uh-huh. when I get out, I feel absolutely incredible for like mm. the next four hours. Like it's something about it changes my mental state. Like it's, and um, and I think it's 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 good for so many things. Like it's given me grit. It's given me. It's teaching me that I can do things that are scary and difficult on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and also it just makes me feel really great. Yes. You know, yeah, I love there it. are a lot of health benefits, aren't there? Yeah. Um, and what's your ultimate good place on the planet? My ultimate good place on the planet is Ibiza. Oh. I've had I've had so many different experiences in that island. Like I've I've had. I've had different lifetimes on that island. Mm, and, um, it's a special place. It's a special place. Like, I, I mean, I knew it for one thing and one thing only for many years. And, um, mm. and people actually were scared of me when I would go there. The party like, people, scene, is that? Yeah, they would just be like, oh, yeah. Matt's going to Ibiza again. Right, okay. You know, like, you know, it would be like, oh, God, we've lost him for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, yeah. but like now it's, now it's, it's, and then I've had transformative parts of my life there. Mm. I've been to, um, there's a place called the Body Camp, which oh, I, which I've been I went there to. as well. Have you? I oh love, my god! Yes, I love the Body I, I, Camp now, crew. Now it's amazing. Do you know what? that is probably now they're in Mallorca now, and that is my yeah. that is my ultimate happy place. Like oh, that is yes. the most incredible, like life changing place mm, on earth. Really like is. if anyone. If anyone can afford to go there, by the way, I'm not attached to this company. No, they're so not sponsoring not this, but we are both sponsors. big fans. But yeah, it it is it is a transformative experience, and mm. I had the most. And that and that time when I went on IB for on my own mm. changed my life. And um, wow, and I, and I, I, I how would, amazing! I say anyone could go there. Yeah, yeah, and you have lots of fun there as well, as well as being it's super so fit fun. and healthy it's and having so great fun. chats. Amazing vegan food. It, it is brilliant. So the one thing I didn't carry away with me was the veganism, but every, everything else yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I did make those um, sort of yeah. little energy balls, I think, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I cooked <laughs> yeah. some stuff from, I cooked some, loads of stuff from their cookbook. I just had yes, a, a, a meat-based cookbook, protein sauce. Yeah. yeah, I just had a meat-based, but I think they serve eggs there now, but I'm not sure. But, right. um, but they're in, they're, it's this incredible place that I love. Oh, it really is. Oh, well, what a lovely place to leave our chat. Thank you so Thanks, much, Rosie. Matt. Thank you. I've so, this has been such a nice chat. You. Thank you. Hasn't it? We got yeah. a little bit deep in some love instances. It. it was it was brilliant. I love your outlook on life. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today, I'm putting the spotlight on one of the hotels in the luxury family hotels collection, Foy Hall a captivating heritage mansion perched on the coast with exceptional views across the Foy estuary and Cornish coastline. Elevated above the town of Foy, a stone's throw from the harbour and set within an area of outstanding natural beauty. This hillside retreat is grand yet relaxed, creating an experience where the atmosphere of fishing boats and fudge in the town mixes with modern luxury and comfort. Foy Hall features a modern spa, games room for family fun and a spectacular outdoor pool. For bookworms, the manor inspired Kenneth Graham's Toad Hall in Wind in the Willows and the generous library is stocked with family favourites and literary classics. The hotel has a strict pooches welcome policy, meaning your canine friends are welcomed with open paws. Through exceptional hospitality, the hotel offers the gift of time. Time for unforgettable adventures and time to create wonderful family memories. 
Matt has been through so much and it's great to see he is in such a good place now. Sharing his life experience is a really brave and valuable thing to do. Now I can't believe we've got to the end of the first season so I hope you enjoyed this episode and all of the others and if so it would mean the world to me if you could spare a quick second to review. It makes a huge difference to reaching even more people who might benefit from this kind of inspiration and will hopefully bring us back for a second season. Thank you once again to our partners Luxury Family Hotels and to Matt Willis who you can follow on Instagram at at Matt J Willis. Perhaps after listening to this you might also consider paying forward some kindness this Christmas by helping Social Bite. You can donate a Christmas of kindness by visiting www.social-bite.co.uk. Bye for now and have a wonderful Christmas too.